Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. A lot of cricket being played at the moment. Actually, I think more cricket seems to be played in the English winter than in the summer. I mean, there's been so many games going on over the last few days. Obviously, the brilliant win by England in Candy. Australia playing South Africa in a one-off T20 at the Gold Coast, which went pretty badly for Australia. The T20 World Cup for the women, of course, in the West Indies. And uh, today we've watched an absolutely gripping test match between New Zealand and Pakistan in Abu Dhabi as well. So lots to talk about. And I want to say Simon Mann's got his Christmas decorations up already. <laughs> and it's only, what, November the 18th. Impressive. Well, I would say it's not me that's got the Christmas decorations up. There is a certain amount of pressure from those younger than me in the family, i.e. the children, and they like to go early. They like to go in November. I, I indulge them. I allow them to go with it. I wouldn't necessarily do it myself. You haven't got a, a live... Tree, I have to say, yet, but I, I suppose that's coming, is it? That, that'll be coming, don't you worry, don't you worry. The artificial decorations are up downstairs, the fir tree will be coming. Lovely, you're going to get bored with Christmas by the time it actually is Christmas. <laughs> Too right, I will. Bored with it already. <laughs> you misery guts, <laughs> old Scrooge here. What are you going to have for, for, for Christmas then, a little kind of... An extra piece of toast, maybe? Oh, possibly. My Actually, my favourite time of the year... We should get on to talk about cricket in a moment. My favourite time of the year is midnight on Christmas Day, because Christmas Day is as far away as it possibly can be. <laughs> so one minute past midnight. Well, well one minute past midnight. Yeah. Oh, how, how disappointing. Oh, I love Christmas. <laughs> Great. But actually, the thing is, I mean, you quite often spend Christmas away from home. Mm. Do you prefer it, then? Christmas away from home. Not without the family, I don't mean, but, I mean, do you prefer in a, in a hot... In a hot country rather than a gold one. My ideal Christmas would be warm country with the family. Right. OK. They, they don't actually say that. They say they, <laughs> they prefer a warm country without you, actually. Listen, this is like facing Curtly Ambrose on a dodgy Sorry. track. OK, well, look, let's get on to cricket. Um, what about the, the, the England performance to, to start with? I mean, absolutely amazing. The, the turnaround, really, in the way that England batted 
in the subcontinent. If we go back to well, Bangladesh a year and a half ago, and then India, which you were on those tours, and you know England was sort of mesmerised by spin then, and now it's a completely different mindset. Yeah, well, I was on the, the India tour. I just wonder whether if... India had had a 46-run first innings lead over England in those conditions, whether they would have been able to force a victory. I suspect they might be able to, but England have clearly changed their approach. They've looked to sweep the ball. They've lost lots of wickets to sweeps in the second innings. But, you, I mean, ultimately, I think you can, you can say that was successful because it, it opens up other possibilities. And we're actually going to hear from Mark Ramprakash speaking to us from Sri Lanka, the England batting coach, on England's approach, on England's tactics, their, their sweeping, and how they generally prepare for a test match in Asian conditions. Now, you were up, were you, watching the last mm. few minutes of that game, obviously 4.30am in England, but uh, talk us through it because... Joe's route had no sleep the night before, and there must have been. Nor did I. (laughs) No, quite sure. Slightly more responsibility on his shoulders, in a way. And he was obviously in several minds Mm. about how to play it. And in the end, they went quite defensive for those that last day when Sri Lanka needed seventy odd to win and England needed three wickets. Yeah, what they did was they put they set the field back. They basically said, "We're going to play the long game here. We think there's enough in this pitch for their." for a ball to come along with a batsman's name on it or for them to make a mistake, set the field back, no boundaries, and, it, and it's up to you to be, you know, to, to play that long game, have that patience. And as it turned out, Dick Weller went for quite an extravagant off-drive against Moen Ali, just gave himself a bit of room and nicked it to slip. And once Dick Weller was out, after about 12 runs into the day, then you felt that was it. And then soon enough, uh, Lakmal was gated by a brilliant delivery from Moen Ali and pushed back Amara, pushed one back. And that was it, five for Leach. Great, great for Jack Jack Leach, really, when you think of what he's been through, you you know, the the problems over his action, supposed problems over his action, and just that feeling that, you know, he couldn't get in the side, you know, he had those injuries last summer. To, you know, have a day in the sun like that, absolutely fabulous. And those down at Taunton who've sort of backed his case for a long time will be saying, I told you so. And I suppose, you know, great benefit to him for having played so much at what they called in Siderabad, yeah. the Taunton ground, which always turns a lot. And I suppose he, at least he's not so freaked out by the conditions when you have something like a turning pitch in Candy, very dry. You know, you, there is pressure on a spinner. I mean, it's, it's interesting, actually, but I played a lot with Phil Tufnell and I often felt he actually bowled better on a flat pitch yeah. because... There wasn't that expectation and responsibility, and he was a master at, at flight and guile. Whereas, actually, when you're bowling on a turning pitch where you expected to take wickets, you've got to be accurate, and you know that the, the, the team are relying on you. So, there is a bit of pressure there, and I think he probably showed his nerves a little bit at times, but just having the reassurance of knowing how much how much he'd done it and how often he'd done it at Taunton must have really helped. I mean, you know, don't suddenly start thinking, yes, England have got an incredible spin attack. We haven't. But there are people who at least can do a job in certain conditions and they actually balance each other nicely, don't they? If you have the luxury of three there, you've got the guy mowing who is quite repetitive but but bowls the odd loose ball but gets quite a good fizz on the ball and actually does really turn it one way. Leach, who's a bit more consistent, doesn't turn it quite as much but goes the other way. And then Rashid as your X-factor producing the old unplayable delivery in quite a few pies. And sometimes pies can get the wickets, actually. I mean, Moen Ali now, he's played 54 test matches. He's taken 159 yeah. test match wickets. So I think it's more than John Ember, isn't it? Which is, who, who was a very steady, very good professional 
test bowler and, and mowing. His average would be fairly high. 37. Yeah, but, but still, wickets are wickets. And Rashid, since his return to test match cricket, I mean, he's not bowled a huge amount and he's not taken a huge number of wickets, but the wickets he's taken have been at under 30, which, mm. you know, for a leg spinner is, is pretty good. And actually, for Adil Rashid in first-class cricket, or playing at that level anyway, is pretty good as well. Now, the benefit, of course, that England have uh, in this test match has been, for the spinners, has been runs to play with. Mm. In the past... They just haven't had that safety valve of runs or a score to bowl at. And England, 290 in the first innings, 340 in the second innings, that's, you know, that's a combined total of over 600 runs. So that is something to play with. It's not massive, though, It's not it? massive, but it's a slow pitch, not easy to, to dominate, really. You can set the field back. It wasn't an incredibly rapid outfield or anything. And I don't think it wasn't that an easy a ground to, to hit lots and lots of boundaries on. So I think that 600 runs was probably worth a bit more than that, actually, on a, another conventional sort of pitch. And we should, for once, give credit to the England batsmen because they've been under the cosh a lot over the last 12 months in Australia, in India, back home as well, where they, they really struggled, uh, obviously, on the seeming pitches. So, you know, generally the, the England batsmen haven't performed. They've often been 110 for five or something. They were 110 for four in this, this last Test match in the first innings. But especially in, the, in the, the latter part of that innings and in the second innings, they made the runs that were needed and they made them in a very impressive way. They, they, they showed a completely different mentality. Actually, a stat came up in that second innings that England had lost seven wickets at a sweep and scored 114 runs off the sweep, both the conventional sweep and the reverse sweep. So 114 for seven sweeping, which made it 230 for three playing other shots, right? Well, that would have attracted some criticism. I disagree with that criticism because the whole fact is it it really encapsulated England's mindset, which is don't let the bowlers settle. And the great thing, and this is something that hasn't really been said very much about sweeping, is that, yes, it's a bit premeditated, but the key thing is it's a legitimate shot against a good length ball because you can use your stride out in front of yourself and your reach with the bat to smother, play wherever you want to, a good length ball. It's not a shot to a half volley. It can be a shot to a half volley, but it's not really a shot to a half volley. It's a shot to the, the bowlers, the spinner's stock ball. And that means if the person keeps sweeping it effectively, either one side or the other, not only does it open scoring options because you've got to move... If, you're keep, if you keep sweeping the ball, say, reverse to sort of short third man or backward point, it means they've got to put an extra fielder there and an off-spinner will normally, on a turning pitch, only bowl with two men on the offside or two men saving one and a slip. Suddenly, that means they've got to put another man on the offside behind the square, which immediately creates gaps on the leg side. So that's one thing. And then the other thing is, because they keep sweeping the good length ball, the spinner's got to find another length. Then they bowl it a bit short or a bit full, and then you can play your more conventional shots. So it really does open up all sorts of scoring opportunities for the batsman and... It, 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 it nullifies the good length ball. So the stats can be misleading. So the stats can be misleading. So basically, the 114 for seven to sweeps, but it enabled those 230 runs off other deliveries. Yeah. So England clearly, I mean, they're clearly their approach in this match was to sweep. And, and, it, and, and it worked. Yeah, and, and the thing is, 
but cricket is about making runs. And you could say to someone, well, he shouldn't play the cover drive because he got out. Yeah. But he's got lots of runs with the cover drive. So, you know, you've got to play shots to make runs. And sometimes those shots do get you out. But those shots also put the bowler under pressure and create other scoring opportunities. Now, this was very much the source of England's uh, strategy start of the tour, really. It's interesting to, to hear from Mark Rampakash that very much the, the ideas came from the coaching staff and from Joe Root that they would try and put the bowlers under pressure. I think here, first morning, you know, we won a toss and batted and, um, you know, the ball turned appreciably, appreciably um, and not every ball, some went straight and some turned. And I think that's a key thing is that if you're faced with the new ball where some skid and then some bite, um, it's quite hard to use your feet in that in those circumstances. So I suppose the first the first thing to say is that in this environment we've encouraged everyone to play to their strengths. So for example, Jen, Joe Denley may not be much of a sweeper, um, but Joe Root might think, yes, I want to sweep. Um, so that's the first thing is that each player is encouraged to play to their strengths. Joss Butler on the first morning did exactly that. He um, swept, reverse swept. I'm sure you saw some of it. Mm. Um, and he, he did it very effectively. Um, and by and he used a, different, a number of different techniques as well. So, you know, he might get his hands out in front a long way down and just try and, you know, lap, fine lap, you know, using the pace of the ball. And obviously other times he hit it in front of square very hard. Um, so I think you know I think it's important to recognise that there are different types of sweeps where you're looking to target the gaps, um, both whether that's normal sweep or reverse sweep. Um, and he felt that on you know that that was the best way for him to try and put pressure back on the bowler. And that is a phrase that you'll hear Joe Root talk a lot about about trying to put pressure back on the bowler to not let the bowler just dictate terms, land the ball on a length and, and have the batsman groping for it. You know, the Indian players have spoken about trying to give the bowler a very small box to land the ball in, whether that's getting very, very close to the pitch or playing right back in the crease. Um, but, uh, you know, and some will be more happy to do play in a more conventional manner by doing that, getting close to the pitch, right forward or right back. Um, but those who have it in their armoury, you know, may want to sweep and reverse sweep and so as I say that you know they were very much encouraged to play to their strengths and to be and I guess we have to say to have the courage to play those shots uh, and look to be proactive. Some players uh, will wait and see the line and they may take it from outside off or they might wait until the ball drifts down the leg side and then catch up with it and sweep it. But others are, are clearly premeditating mm. regardless of, of, you know, they're just saying, right, this ball, I'm going to sweep. Yeah. And that, that obviously, the risk then goes up significantly. But um, you, you talk about premeditation. I suppose that the, the, their skill is that they're able to, although they've decided to sweep, they have a number of different sweeps and therefore they can adapt that particular shot to suit the ball. Um, I think it's how quickly they they sort of go down uh, to play the shot. So, for example, I, I always feel that if a player 
goes down early with the bat, you know, with a quite a big stride and the bat out way out in front of them and they're looking to just use the pace and basically get it round to the 45 um, they're in much more control to adapt to whether the ball is quick whether it's slow whether it's full or short you know they're looking to just get a little bit of the bat face on it and run it off the bat face you know sort of round the corner just to rotate strike mm. I always feel that that's um, you know a, a situation where a batsman has quite a lot of control even though they're premeditating. I think the ones that they miss are where perhaps they're trying to hit it hard in front of square, and that's where if there's if the spinner sees them go down early and they they either push it through quicker or bowl it slower, that's when the batter you know it tends to miss. Well, that's England's batting coach Mark Ramprakash talking to us from Sri Lanka, talking about the sweep shot and also making the point there are you know, there are different types of sweep shot. It's not just one stroke, mm. and, and it is a premeditated shot, as he said, because you you do pretty much unless the ball is sliding down the leg side, in which you can play a late sweep. You know, you can pick it, you can catch up with the ball and sort of sweep it past you. Sweeps off the stumps do tend to be premeditated. You're starting, you see the line of the ball, you can pick up, I mean, the good players can pick up the length and line very early in the, the release. So you get, a, you get a cue from the bowler? Not really. I don't think you get a cue from the bowler, but I, as soon as the ball's out of the hand, right. you know, they'll be able to tell roughly what length it is and what line. Obviously, the line, you, you probably see the line earlier than the length. And as soon as you see the line, say, outside off stump, they'll be getting their foot down thinking about the sweep if they are decided to play that. But the key is, nowadays, they can play so many different types of sweep. I mean, I saw Joss Butler several times bail out of the sweep, actually, and start thinking about it and then actually pulling out. Uh, it's harder to do with the reverse sweep because you've sort of switched everything around mm. by then. So it's pretty... I've never seen anybody actually start to play a reverse sweep and then just block it. I've never seen that. But I have seen that with the conventional sweep. But the, but the basic thing is, there are so many sweeps available now. The hard sweep in front of square, the little deft paddle, the, the one where you're hitting down on the ball from high up, the one when you're hitting from up on the ball from low down. So that's a sort of slog sweep. And Root was employing a sort of flat bat sort of sweep, which was almost like, it was almost a defensive shot, really, but, but across the line of the ball. But he's so confident, he practices it so much that he, he doesn't miss it. And if you if you get your timing right and, and your uh, footwork right and all that, it, it, it's almost fairly sort of risk-free unless you get a top edge. We're going to hear more from Mark Ramprakash in the, the second part of this podcast about how England generally prepare for test matches, especially in, in spinning conditions, other aspects of their preparations. What about Sri Lanka as a team, though? I mean, it, it's a significant win for England. It feels like a significant win because I think... I think most of us at the start of the series thought that Sri Lanka were favourites and if England were to go there and win, that would be a significant achievement. As it's turned out, Sri Lanka just, they do look a bit thin as a team. Well, they've lost so many players recently. I mean, Angelo Matthews is their outstanding player. I mean, Karuna Atne is yeah. decent, isn't he, as well? I know, I know you can accept that now, Well, you? he's OK, he's decent. But, you, you, you know, he doesn't... You you aren't going to worry about him. You are going to worry about Matthews because Matthews can win a game on his own. They haven't got a lot else, really. I was quite impressed by Roshan Silva batting in the middle order, got 70 or 80. You know, good player. But again, 
you're, you're not going to worry about anybody like that. He's not got the class of the real star international players. So how significant then is this achievement? I mean, England have done really well, clearly. But yeah. how, what, what does it mean? Can we, can we put it in some sort of context? I mean, if, you know, if they were then, you know, they're going to the West Indies after, after Christmas. But if they were going to India after Christmas, what do you surmise would, would happen there? Well, the Indian spinners are obviously better than the Sri Lankan spinners. But at least they've got a sense of how to play, yeah. how to go about yeah. it. They are going to come up against better spin bowlers and they won't necessarily be able to get away with the, the, the way they've played quite so uh, liberally. You know, they'll have to be a bit more selective, I think. But it's given them a sense, it's given confidence to players like Rory Burns and, uh, and obviously Jennings and especially Folks. By the way, Ben Folks didn't sweep. He, he played a much more normal sort of game. And that goes back to what Mark Rambrakash said about allowing players to, to do it their way. If they don't want to be a, 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 indulged to sweep all the time, fine. Let them find their way. And Folks has benefited from being out in the, in the subcontinent quite a bit mm. and figuring out his own method. A lot of them now getting outside the line of the off stump to the off spinner and working that ball from sort of middle and off through the leg side, using his feet well, using his reach. You know, the other thing is... Again, going back to the sweep, if you've got tall batsmen like Root, like Jennings, like Stokes, you know, they can get their foot right down the pitch and with their arms, their levers as well, they can get so far down mm. that they are really getting even slightly short of a length balls from spinners to get right on top of the ball. So it's it's a very good use. It's it's an alternative to running up the pitch, actually. You're staying in your ground and you're reaching right out to the ball. It's it's a very good use of your physique. And New Zealand, of course, winning in subcontinental conditions as well, not not in Asia, not, yeah. not in the subcontinent, but in subcontinental conditions. I'm oh, goodness me, the last time I went to Abu Dhabi, both sides made 500 in the first innings. I mean, it does actually show that if, if there is something there, we've said it so many times before, if there is something there for the bowlers and the spinners, whatever, in a test match, it, it doesn't have to make it so much more interesting. I mean, that, this was a great game in Candy because right from the start, the bowlers were in the game. OK, the seam bowlers were in the game. You, you had to really work hard for your wickets as a seam bowler, but the spinners were in the game from, from the start. Mark Rampakash making the point again that actually on that first day it was quite tough because only some spun I suppose, as the game went on more and more spun in a way this all, the unpredictability went out of the game even though the ball spun more so you know you could argue it was marginally harder at the start but then you, I think you do get the benefit of if you can bat first get runs on the board or get a decent lead then it is tricky in that fourth innings yeah, and well done to, to New Zealand, by the way, as well. You mentioned that, that game there in Abu Dhabi. They, they finally they defended 170 to win in the last innings and bowled Pakistan out. Uh, a, a new star is born in Ajaz Patel, who took five wickets on debut and took the last wicket, which was a classic delivery, pitching leg stump and hitting Azhar Ali in front of off on the back leg, given out first by the umpire and then of course Azarelli reviewed it with five to win and it was it was out just clipping the top of the off stump brilliant D- dismissal great delivery fantastic performance by New Zealand but they've obviously worked hard like England on combating spin in those sorts of conditions and after the break we're going to hear how England did it. OK, welcome back. We're going to hear more from England's batting coach in Sri Lanka, Mark Ramprakash, in just a moment. How England generally prepare for test matches in spinning conditions. What do England do 
with the third test imminent. It starts on Friday in Colombo. Do you think they make team changes or do they, they stick with what they've got? I mean, if you've got a winning side, you just, just go with it. Or is there room for some sort of experimentation, e.g. Ollie Stone coming in, say, you know, extra pace. Uh, it seem, hasn't no. been a seam bowler series. Someone like Stone coming in or Broad coming back, it looks as if Curran you know, could be struggling with that side problem. I think England have done a lot of research on the previous visitors to Sri Lanka recently, Australia and South Africa, and how they tried to go with the reverse swing and pace and it just didn't work. And so England have very much put their faith in spin and they've won two test matches. So there's no reason to change that. Uh, Sam Curran's probably going to be out, so uh, there's an opportunity to bring somebody in. In a way, I might just play Johnny Bairstow yeah. and, and play him at What's, what's the logic then of bringing in a, a, a batsman wicketkeeper or a batsman for... You know, left arm seeming all rounder. I mean, they haven't got. They, they don't need another bowl, do they? Stokes hardly bowled. Uh, Anderson hardly bowled. Mm. Unless the pitch suddenly is a green member, which I'm sure it won't be. <laughs> uh, it, yeah, I think they can play with the same team. They've got Root as a another bowling option. Jennings can bowl if des- they're desperate. So I would have Bairstow at three, Root at four, and and try and get that perhaps that batting order bedded in. Stokes five, Butler six. Pretty good, isn't it? Folks at seven, mowing eight, that could be the batting order for the Ashes. Well, it, it could be, except that they would want some extra seam bowling options for the Ashes. I know you can't sort of like for well, yeah, right. Well, you bring Chris spinners. Wokes in, and you obviously instead of one of the spinners, Moen's already there. Maybe Moen has to make way for Jack Leach in English conditions. But for the moment, they've, they've got spinning conditions. I think one change best over Curran. Mm. I noticed that Jason Roy is, is playing for the Lions at the moment in their, their first match, their four-day game, batting at, at number three. I mean, that's, that seems mm. like a sort of clear signal there that, that you know that England are looking for a solution in that n- that number in the order. And you know, we've seen Roy in one-day cricket, you know, super talented, hasn't really carried it over into, no. into I mean, four-day cricket. I, I don't see Roy as being a better option at number three, than Bairstow. Mm. Bairstow is a class player who's made a number of test hundreds at, in different positions. He hasn't had a, a particularly brilliant last sort of few months in test cricket, but he is a, a player of the highest calibre who obviously can keep wicket as well. So I, I actually, I think he's the solution to number three. Yeah, I suppose the, the thing is, is to have options, isn't it? And to, have, to explore your options and to try to find solutions in case you know, some things go wrong, i.e. players get injured or players lose form. Uh, Roy's an, a really interesting character, though, because he, because he has got that ability, that quality. You can, you can see yeah. the quality of his shots mm. in, in one-day cricket. You feel you just that, that nagging sense that, yeah, this guy, he should be able to, to step up and play five-day cricket. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, and no doubt... He will be doing what all the other England players have been doing on this tour when he's in Abu Dhabi, and, and that is practising against spin because it's one thing to have a mindset and an approach, but it's another thing to actually execute it. And what England have done so well is had a couple of, of little methods for practising the way they're going to go about playing spin, and this is what Mark Ramprakash outlines here. We, we tend to have uh, a pace net uh, a spin net where the England spinners bowl and then a spin net where we have local spinners bowl. Um, so they'll normally have between 35 and 40 minutes all together. And then often they will they will go into another net uh, and practice, say, something specific like someone throwing 
mm. balls on a length and they will play an array of different sweeps. Back in Colombo, when we were practicing, um, Joss felt, he, he sort of came up to me afterwards and said, well, look, the net surface was good and it wasn't really turning. Um, so he went on a surface next to it that wasn't prepared, sort of a grubby old wicket, and we threw balls on that. And, you know, he practiced um, he practiced some sweeps on there, but he also practiced uh, his defence as well. And I think that's a, an important element. I mean, although Joe Root played a very aggressive innings, what I've done recently is put white lines in front of the batter, um, just not, not that long, but say on a length, um, I've put a white line, say, I don't know, you know, a foot long, say, um, uh, sort of marking the line of leg stump and one marking the line of off stump so that um, the batters start to get to know their angles. Um, the, you know, so, for example, you know, if a, if a, if a left arm spinner comes up to you, bowls to you, um, at the point of release, you want to be in a position where you know, you can either get down and sweep early if it's if it's perhaps going down the leg side or if it's outside off. Um, but you can also get down the wicket if you think the trajectory goes up in the air. Um, or you can push back. So you want to be in a good action position where you move quickly, pick the length and move quickly. Um, but at the same time, I think if you've got a good idea of what guard you're taking and then where the ball is pitching, you know, that becomes a big advantage as well. And, and so... Um, the white lines in front of the batter, the whole idea is that when they do their sweeps, um, that they've got a good idea of where the ball's pitched and where it might be ending up. We always talk about right-handers knowing where your stump is, but to a left-arm spinner, if that left-arm spinner drifts the ball into leg stump, a lot of right-handers don't know where their leg stump is. <laughs> so the ball, the ball might drift down the leg side and it might pitch six inches outside leg stump and they're still playing it with a straight bat and I'm saying to them no if you knew that was outside your leg stump you'd just lash it you know catch up with the ball let it drift down the leg side and you'd catch up with the ball and sweep it fine hard for four so that's Mark Rambrakash I and mean, I really like that idea that Butler for example, he thought the pitch was too good to, to <laughs> yeah. prepare for a test match in Sri Lanka, so he actually went to a, you know, a poorer practice pitch and practiced on that. And that, you know, that is genuine practice, isn't it? It's trying to replicate the conditions you're going to come up against. I, I sense a bit of Graham Thorpe there actually, because he did that in, on one of those previous tours uh, a while ago, and actually, so did Sachin Tendulkar when he was facing uh, about to face Shane Warne in a series. He deliberately practised on a really bad wicket and got about 180 against the Australians in the mid-90s. The other thing as well about drawing those lines on the pitch, now, of course you don't have those to help you when you're, when you're actually in a test match, but what, I suppose what it does is it just sort of gets in your mind, doesn't yeah. it? Your mind's eye just helps you to line it up. Um, having said that, you, everything can go wrong if the umpire gets it wrong. I think you're Moen Ali, who f- felt in that second innings in Candy that he lined it up pretty well. He got his pad outside the line of off stump, missed it, Shout for LBW, give it out. I suppose there's, there's not much you can do about that other than don't use up all your reviews on, <laughs> on you know, on, on yeah. senseless situations when it's not going to be overturned. And Ben Stokes reviewed his. It just, I mean, just had the feeling of being out. Mm. You saw Moens. It clear, you know, you, you, you had a sense of it. It wasn't out. So, you know, he's unlucky. I suppose if you just back down the order, you know, you get some of the rough ones because, you know, there aren't any reviews left. But, I mean, that's when it can go wrong. But you, you could understand Mark Rambrakash's method there 
Mm. Yeah, and, and it, it's a good point because batsmen against faster bowling talk about knowing where their off stump is. And I, you know, sometimes you get them even kind of marking a line in on the crease of roughly where the off stump is, just to give them a bit of a sense. A bit like goalkeepers do, don't they, sometimes? They draw a couple of lines in the penalty box to sort of li- line up I'm their not posts. sure they're allowed. To, I'm not sure not they're allowed, allowed to, to do that. that. I'm not sure they're allowed to do that. No. OK, well, perhaps they could just, I don't know, spit on a couple of bits <laughs> of grass then. Anyway, uh, th- th- there certainly is... is the, the, the theory about playing fast bowling is know where your off stump yeah. is. And I like the theory of, especially by playing left arm spinners, know where your leg stump is yeah. and which ones can sweep. You can sweep with freedom and liberty and which ones you have to be a bit more careful of. And of course, DRS should help you with that because if you get it right, if you judge the one that's pitched outside the leg stump and you're struck on the pad, you, you miss, say, the sweep shot and it spins back, it's going to hit the stumps, you should be able to get away with it as long, of course, as there are some reviews left, which there aren't always. But, you know, you, you, DRS, I think, helps that, doesn't it? Mm. It, hel- it helps you bat in that really sort of methodical way where you have lined up all your angles and all your lines. England are coming to the end of a, a hugely successful tour. It's the first time or they've ever won T20 series, albeit it was a one-off. But actually, that's that's quite good having a, a one-off game in a way, having to, or replicating that that real that sense of you know you, what you might find in a semi-final or a final down the road. The one-day series and the Test series. It's been a, a hugely successful tour, a hugely encouraging tour for them, and mm. with a with a huge year. Coming up, of course, uh, West Indies tour first and then World Cup and then the Ashes. What about Joe Root's captaincy? Uh, you know, it has been questioned, uh, but he can do no more, really, since they lost in a humbling fashion to Pakistan at Lords. I mean, that was, you know, that felt a bad defeat. Mm. I mean, since then, mm. it's, it's gone swimmingly, apart from Trent Bridge. Well, I think he's, uh, he's admitted that he's taken quite a lot of encouragement and ideas from Owen Morgan mm. and the way that he Morgan just told the the one day side to play with freedom uh, Root's been able to do the same with the test team and I think it's helped him a little bit now that the the old guard have, have, have either gone as in Alistair Cook or are, are having less influence so as in Jimmy Anderson Stuart Broad you know those guys are still going to come back and be very important in England and in English conditions but the the team doesn't revolve around Alistair Cook and Jimmy Anderson and Stuart Broad in the subcontinent, and so Root's been able to kind of shape the the playing methods, the, the strategies around his own ideas with a little bit of influence from Owen Morgan. So I'm sure that's given him more confidence. I'm not sure he still hasn't probably quite got the the bowling changes right, and there are times when you sort of think he could have tried something a bit different or perhaps put another person on or not left the person on quite so long. I don't personally like the defensive mindsets, so the field set back all the time. I think you, you should try and tempt the batsman to go over the top more than they do. But it's worked in, the, in this series. The one caveat about the fantastic performances in Sri Lanka is that Sri Lanka aren't that good. You know they have lost a, a lot of key players. They've got all sorts of all sorts of internal issues going on. 
they're not a particularly good side. They don't have a great first-class structure. They've got some fairly naive young players with talent, but nothing special. They've got a captain who, Lakmal, who looks fairly clueless, to be honest, uh, with Chandamal out of the way because he's injured. So, I, I, you know, I don't think it's going to be sort of up there in terms of the greatest performances by an England team ever. But to turn round their terrible record away from home and win the one-day series as well as the Test Series has been fantastic. And the way they've done it has been really enjoyable. As opposed to Australia who lurch from one crisis to the other. Just watching them play the other day against South Africa. South Africa had already won the, the one-day series 2-1. They played a 20-over game at the, the new stadium in the Gold Coast, mm. which was reduced to 10 overs a side. And I know it's, it's only a short game, but bit yeah, of a Can lottery. you judge a team on 10 well, overs a side? You, well, you can't, but they, they made so many basic errors and so many kind of brainless decisions that you really thought, oh dear, there's a, there's a, they've got a long way to go to get back up to the top. They hadn't got Mitchell Stark and, and Josh Hazelwood and Pat Cummins, admittedly, in this game. But still, the sort of culture of the team was pretty poor. Well, it, it is going to be fascinating to see how they get on against India. Before, there's a preamble before the Test Series. I think, I think everyone's looking forward to yeah. the Test Series. And we're all waiting to see whether India can go there and, and win a Test Series in Australia for the first time. They, as you say, they, they, Australia will have those three pace bowlers back. They'll have Nathan Lyon as well. They looked to have quite a lot of strength in their bowling, as they did in the Ashes last winter but you, you feel their batting could be under a lot of pressure but then you yeah. know you, but then we, we we saw India's batting you know Cody yeah. Park yeah. capitulate in the summer mm. so it, it, I think it's going to be a, a really really I don't know who they, the thing is I don't series. think I don't know who they can base their batting around mm. they're, they're, you know Warner and Smith out of the team they're, they're, you know, the Marshes have, have had a, an indifferent few weeks, mm. and Aaron Finch, they'll probably play him, but he's an unproven in Test cricket. They'll obviously Kawaja's a good player, but you know, who would you bank on to make runs in that team? I don't know. Yeah. And then there's the women's yeah. World T Twenty semi-finals. Yeah, it's an exciting up. week, isn't it? Yeah. Exciting couple of weeks. Women's T Twenty semi-finals and final. Uh, England playing their last Test in Sri Lanka. Australia about to play against India. It's great. great. I mean, I worry a bit about England in West Indies because they're missing Catherine Brunt. They've shown a little bit of vulnerability. Obviously, Sarah Taylor's not there either. So, you know, in a way, their two sort of iconic players are missing. They've got people like Nat Siver and Tammy Beaumont and obviously Heather Knight and, and others, Danny Wyatt. You know, they've got some good cricketers, but I wonder if they've got just enough quality to overtake the burgeoning India side and, of course, Australia. So, you know, I could see seeing them getting knocked out in the semi-finals, which is a shame, but, you know, they, they, they are missing key players. Well, the next time we speak to you on this podcast, we'll know the result of the World T20 final. We'll also know the final score in the England Test Series in Sri Lanka. It has been a, a, a really enjoyable tour. It's been... Uh, the, the, I mean, the, the last Test match in Kandy was a, a, an excellent test match and just to emphasise again if you play on pitches where there's something there for the bowlers oh goodness me it doesn't half make the game so much more interesting yeah and I suppose a final thought would be uh, to keep Simon happy send him lots of pictures postcards of sunny places at Christmas so his Christmas cards need to be pictures of beaches in Australia don't they with, with people in shorts as well because you, 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 I mean, you finally got rid of the shorts well, look at it outside. It's, it's tipping down. It's tipping down with rain. We're hunkering down for a for a miserable English winter. Yeah, keep warm and thanks for listening. 
Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.